This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and happy Friday. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. I'm Jamie Long. It's the 20th of May. And first today, people in parts of Dartford say they feel like they're living in the Big Brother house after being told to remove screens blocking off their gardens. The properties off Temple Hill Square have open railings around the back, which residents say is leaving them on constant view. Well, they put up bamboo screens during lockdown, but have now been told to pay £200 and take them down. Our reporter Sean Delaney has been speaking to Kaylee and Jess who live there. The main issues is um, the safety. Uh, we get people trying to talk to our children, calling them over to the fence. Just generally, yeah, the safety issues of, of them being taken from the garden. And then it's also the privacy um, in the home, people looking in, stopping at bus stops and you know, just watching what you're doing inside your home, in your garden. Um, yeah, I think they're the main concerns. Uh, and you've taken some measures collectively, you've put different fencing up and some bamboo, you know, some sort of light alterations to try and counteract that and ensure your kids can stay safely and obviously you haven't got people looking into your, your homes. And what sort of response have you sort of had from that from the, from the council or from other um, people? So they issued us, if we didn't take the fence down, we'll, we will be issued with an antisocial um, behaviour order. Um, so yeah, it was either big, their words become a criminal and get a court order against us or take the fence down. Just tell me a little bit about what you've been experiencing and what the problems are. Um, people constantly talking to the kids through the fence, people even playing with the kids, passing their toys back through to the fence. We've had balls going over the um, cars having to stop, to stop running the kids over. Um, we've had people staring into our houses um, to the point that they've, I've even waved to them now just because it's like getting so annoying. And uh, what sort of steps or actions have you, you taken or what sort of steps do you think should, would, would be warranted here? Um, we've contacted loads of MPs, we've spoken back and forth to councillors, um, we've tried getting planning permission, every time we've spoken to the council it's all different stories, one minute we're allowed one thing, one minute we're not. Um, we've been issued ASBOs, court orders, just to keep our kids safe, even our animals. Well, Dartford's council say it's aware of concerns and has previously implemented changes to the fence that benefits tenants while complying with planning conditions and the street scene. They say they're encouraging residents to get in touch with the authority directly so that it can keep an open dialogue about potential options. Next today, Medway has failed in another attempt to become a city. Eight new ones have been announced to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. They include Colchester, Doncaster and Milton Keynes. It's the fourth time Medway has missed out after putting in an official bid. Council leader Alan Jarrett said he was disappointed but not surprised. Now, a Gravesend dad has been telling the Kent Online podcast how his three-year-old daughter was diagnosed with hepatitis. Alan Rain is speaking out to raise awareness of the signs other parents should look out for. Lola Rose spent about four weeks in hospital and at one point was put in a coma. Lola originally got uh, quite poorly at... Well, she wasn't quite poorly. She was poorly at home. Um, and we thought that it was a sickness bug and it turned out to be uh, liver failure. So she had a transplant 
and I was the the donor. So what um, should people kind of look out for? Uh, so <laughs> typically, uh, we would suggest looking out for jaundice or yellowing of the the skin or the eyes, um, a change in appetite. Um, so not really eating. Um, change in in stool colour. So if you if your child has like a grey or clay coloured stools, um, or dark urine. <laughs> So the first thing that you noticed in Lola that kind of sprung you into action? Uh, so the first thing that we noticed was uh, the yellowing of her eyes um, and we knew that that was something that we couldn't we couldn't treat at home so initially we phoned 111 who made us an urgent urgent appointment with our local hospital who then transferred us to um, Darren Valley for more tests who then transferred us to, to King's College so we could Get the best help possible. And then obviously you were rushed into the King's Hospital and you were in there for about um, six weeks all in all, kind of yeah. what kind of went on when you were there? How did it how did it feel to not really know what was happening? Um so originally we were we were there for around eight days before we uh, we got told that uh, her liver was failing and they'd found a virus that was causing it. Um then she was placed into a into a coma um, and on the, the urgent transplant list um, and then after five five days of being on the, the urgent transplant list we we finally decided that um, we were gonna get the, the liver from from me and um, so she had a transplant and now she's back to her normal self I think so well, Lola Rose is one of more than 170 children who've been diagnosed with hepatitis in the UK this year. A hospital near Canterbury for people with learning difficulties has been put into special measures. Inspectors found Cedar House in Barham was an unclean, unsafe and unpleasant place to live. The site could be closed if it doesn't make urgent improvements. The provider says work is underway to address the issues raised. Kent Online News. A cannabis farm's been uncovered following a house fire in Gravesend. Officers found £50,000 worth of plants at the property on Pelham Road, which caught fire last week. They're still looking for the people responsible. Well, the former owner of one of Kent's most famous hotels has been found guilty of cheating the taxpayer out of nearly half a million pounds. 74-year-old Michael Stainer kept money taken from the wages of 50 staff members at the Grand in Folkestone instead of giving it to HMRC. His wife Doris, who's 60, was charged with the same offences but has been found not guilty. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A new pilot project in Kent is helping people fast track into the fresh produce industry. Training provider MDS has teamed up with Growing Kent and Medway. They're going to work with businesses in the county to offer non-graduates a two-year paid traineeship. I've been chatting to Kirsty Barden, Business Development Manager at MDS. So we're collaborating with Growing Kent and Medway. Um, we wanted to work with them because 
we could see that there was a huge potential for us to collaborate with Kent-based businesses. Um, we've been running our graduate scheme for the last 36 years and we're launching new non-graduate programmes this year. And what we wanted to do is to form a localised hub where um, businesses and individuals can work together. They, the individuals can train and learn about the industry and then hopefully go on to find long-term employment within fresh produce in Kent. You know, why is it so important and how specifically are you working with local businesses to, you know, get people involved that are on the programme with those? So for us, we've always found working within the fresh produce industry hugely important. It's one of the cornerstones um, of our economy and it's also a really stable industry. The difficulty is that not a lot of people who don't already have some sort of connection to the industry, um, they can find it difficult maybe to find the route in or maybe find where they might fit. Well, Georgia Holden is on a similar programme for graduates with MDS. She told me that no two days are ever the same. I'm on my second secondment now at DPS in a technical role. And right now I've just, for example, run up from the pack house. I've been sorting tasting samples to head up to Tesco this morning. And then this afternoon I might be, for example, producing some KPI reports to Tesco. And this is completely different to my first secondment at Naya, which was a plant science company. And there I was doing more marketing, web design, redesigning the corporate internet. Fathom, and why should people get involved in in the industry again you know I asked Kirsty you know those that are coming out of school for example that aren't quite sure what they want to go and do next why is this the perfect place for people to to look at well firstly I think it's just such an exciting industry it's something that the whole society relies on day in day out and there's going to be lots of changes going on we've got companies heading towards net zero we've got new advancements in technology for example where I was mentioning NIAB, I was working with tons of startups who are coming up with all these new technologies. So it's very exciting to see where the industry is going to be going in the next uh, 10, 20, 30 years. So I think it's definitely exciting for young people to get into the scheme. You get to move around four different companies. You'll find things that you love, things that you don't love. But I think that's really important for your future career. And then you've got the apprenticeship program at the same time. So you can really reflect on what you're doing in the workplace. Well, elsewhere, while we're talking of produce, it looks like the price of fish and chips could go up. Chippies around the county say soaring costs for key ingredients will force them to up their prices. It also doesn't help that favourites haddock and cod are in short supply, as is cooking oil. Parts of the old Debenhams building in Folkestone could be knocked down to make way for a medical centre. The Victorian property on the corner of Sandgate Road and Bouvery Place was bought by the council two years ago. They want to spend £16 million on a state-of-the-art health centre, providing services for nearly 20,000 people. A consultation on the plans is due to be held this summer. Kent Online News. A huge 72-mile diversion is back on the M2 this weekend. The coastbound stretch between Junction 5 for Sittingbourne and 6 for Faversham will be shut from 8 o'clock tonight. Drivers will be sent down Detling Hill and onto the M20 instead. Meanwhile, a driver has been pulled over on the M20 with a sofa hanging out of the boots and a single-seater hanging out of the side door. Officers pulled the motorist over yesterday afternoon after they were seen driving at up to 65 miles per hour with the furnishings fastened with just a couple of bungee cords. 
Well, Kent Artists has set out on an incredible challenge to draw every single building in Greater London. Jack Hines from Tunbridge reckons it'll take his lifetime to complete and he's funding it by selling prints of his artwork as he goes. The 27-year-old was originally planning to be an architect but decided to combine buildings with his love of art instead. The inspiration kind of came at a funny time. I was trying to get to bed. I was trying to work out an idea to sort of um, push the project in a certain direction. And I knew I was going to draw London or sort of urban buildings. But yeah, the idea sort of popped up in my mind when I was trying to get to sleep. And yeah, I thought nobody's tried to draw an entire city before. So I thought, why not have that as like the, the impetus to, to push the project, I suppose. And yeah, it sort of grew from there. Um, and we are where we are today to draw every single, single building in London. And I've seen some of your drawings, they're very detailed, you know, they have a lot of time put into them. So how, how long does it take to draw, you know, let's say one thing? Yeah, so it depends on the building, um, or the drawing, sorry. But um, on average, I'd say it's about, about two days to draw a single building. Um, some of them can take longer, like I think the Big Ben picture took me like four days in total. Uh, whereas like the Shard, which is quite a simple building, that literally just took me a day to do. So, yeah, it really does depend on the drawing itself, but anywhere between sort of four and one day, I suppose. How far into the project are you? Like, are you doing it um, area by area? So the way I do it is I do it by area, but I, I, I sort of focus on sort of mini projects, as I, as I call them. So at the moment, I'm looking at iconic London buildings. Um, so if I'm like Big Ben again, for instance, Shard, uh, London Eye, Battersea Power Station. Uh, but my next sort of mini project is all the uh, town council buildings, uh, the uh, council buildings there. And um, yeah, so then that means I can incorporate the entire city at that point, because at the moment it's mainly been sort of central and sort of around the edges of the centre centre of London. But I want to as the project sort of developed now, I want to try and encompass the entire city. And I understand, let's say you're taking two days to spend on one building. Like, what kind of um, emotions do you feel as you're getting through, um, the, um, let's say, one drawing? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of a bit of a roller coaster to be honest, because uh, the start, it's the excitement of doing a brand new building. And uh, as you get into it, that the excitement kind of slowly fades in a way, <laughs> just because uh, the pressure of trying to get the drawing as accurate as possible. Um, so it can get quite stressful, but once you're in a flow state of drawing, it becomes incredibly relaxing. And then once the drawing's complete, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely amazing emotion. How do you like fund this activity? How do you balance your work life? Um, so I, I actually quit my job um, back in October. I had a bit of savings. So, I've used my savings to sort of fund myself up until this point, um, but I'm the, the project sort of been funded by selling prints and selling the original drawings, and uh, also do commissions as well. So, for instance, I've had a few people ask me if I could do house portraits in London. Um, obviously, I'm doing every building, but it could take an entire lifetime to draw it. So, if people are interested, they come to me to draw their buildings or their favourite buildings or houses ahead of time. Now, the hard work of the county's teachers is being recognised in Ashford tonight. The Kent Teacher of the Year Awards takes place each year and marks the contributions that staff make to kids' education. Well, Kent Online's Nicola Everett will be hosting the ceremony tonight, along with Mike Ward, who's the CEO of the KM Charity Team. She's been chatting to him. 
even through the pandemic, our nominations for uh, it's not only teachers, it's all education staff have just gone through the roof that, that they um, it's made it harder and harder each year to judge. But it, it's fantastic. And I think for me, the, the, the best part about it is, is it's it's not just peers and it's not just the um, management teams, nominated people, children, pupils, parents, anybody could nominate a teacher. And it's just so brilliant uh, seeing so many of them come through. But the other thing is, it's not just teachers, it's um, catering staff, it's the caretakers, it's anybody who actually contributes to giving our children um, the best start in life they could possibly have. So yeah, it's, it's very special, very special. And very often, I mean, they're the people you remember forever, aren't they? You're like your your first teacher or your favourite dinner lady. <laughs> we, we always remember those people. They play a very big part in our lives. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and some of the stories, I mean, as you know, as we will find out, um, there there are some that are very very difficult to read when you're when you're doing the reading out the nominations because there's some some people out there doing some incredible things and there's one this year actually and it, it was a student nomination and um, I think it just really stuck with me when she said that um, this teacher has inspired me and made me realise that I want to be an English teacher too and it's moments like that that you just think. That, that that's just wonderful and it makes you and probably yourself as well I mean we, we both we're both doing it and think back to those teachers that had a huge impact or, or those members of staff that had a huge impact on our lives as well yeah absolutely and do you think um you say that obviously the nominations have gone up and up each year which is fantastic do you think during the pandemic a very difficult time for an awful lot of families with children at home gave us perhaps a greater respect for what teachers do when we all had to suddenly um, get into home home teaching and panicked <laughs> hugely. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, some of the things that came out, particularly in the 2020 and the 20, well, 2021, uh, last year's nominations um, was incredibly, incredibly difficult to judge. And it was almost heartless. You, you, you're almost seeing there saying, OK, yeah, they have done some absolutely phenomenal stuff, but they were just doing their job and, and being that heartless. But then when you've got the parents who are nominating, just telling you what a huge difference it made with that teacher who was pre-recording um, YouTube videos and, and just keeping them all motivated. And, yeah. Um, and, and the parents, the parents' nominations did, did go up. Absolutely. And you'll be able to see the winners on Kent Online tomorrow. Kent Online Sports. In football, Gillingham boss Neil Harris says they'll have to work smart to compete with the big spenders in League Two. Harris reckons the dual spending power will be beaten by a number of other teams in the EFL's bottom tier. That could mean they face similar problems to their League One season. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Raducani will make her French Open debut against a qualifier. The 19-year-old from Orpington is seeded 12th ahead of the Grand Slam in Paris, which gets underway on Sunday. Well, that's all for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Insta. Plus, you can also subscribe to the ad-free premium version of Kent Online. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can also find out what the secret drinker thoughts of Shepherd Neem's Joiner Arms Pub in West Morning High Street with lots of pics for you to see too. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.